What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Less Alex podcast. I am your host, Les Alex, and today we have on Power Dragon, aka Daquan. How's it going? Man, it's good, as always. Like, I, I try not to have too many bad days. Hey, that's the way I live life. That's the best <laughs> way to go about life, of course. Man, that's already dropping knowledge. Already dropping knowledge. Um, before we get into the pod, though, let me go ahead and get all of the uh, housekeeping things out of the way. If you enjoy the content or if it's your first time here, make sure to check me out on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube, at Les Alex on all those. And if you listen to the podcast, you enjoy it, check out Apple Podcasts, drop a five-star review there, and over on Spotify. Um, it basically goes to all the podcast apps, so wherever you're listening, you can subscribe over there, rate it with them five stars. And if you really want to go above and beyond, check it out on patreon.com slash Alex. Check out all the stuff over there. I appreciate all my lovely, beautiful patrons. Um, but with all that fun stuff out of the way, let's go ahead and get into it. I already asked you how you're doing, but um, so you are a full-time Magic the Gathering and gaming uh, yeah. content creator, um, but basically, for the most part, you do focus on Magic, yeah? Yeah, that's a big chunk of it, for yeah. sure. Awesome, awesome. Um, so you've also have 20 years in the game industry, which is amazing. Um You've put out over a thousand videos in two years. You've been doing content for the last two years. You put over 1K videos. That's your, like I told you, whenever we were DMing, that's beast mode status. Like, that's it's, it's impressive. Insane, honestly, I don't recommend. You're you're a you're a mad <laughs> lad, my friend. You're a mad lad because that is serious dedication. <laughs> um, but also, in addition to all that, you owned your own game store at 21. Um, so that is really awesome. I worked in gaming for, I would say, probably a total of about seven or eight years. Always been close to the community. Um, but so I know what it, the trials and tribulations of being, uh, at least on the managerial side of the gaming industry yeah, can be. You know, and that's a little bit of a crazy story, honestly, because drop it on us. <laughs> me and another guy were working for someone that ran a store. And, and to be fair, his store was not that good. It was a very small store. He was making mediocre money at best. He was really living off his wife's income at the time. And he had gone off to a trade show that summer. It might've been, I don't think it, it might've been Gen Con that year. I don't really remember. Okay. But anyway, he gets an offer from one of the distributors to work for them. He comes back, he's telling us this story. And I swear to God, he's telling, he's like, yeah, and I was thinking about telling you guys, selling you guys the store. And, oh, yeah, let me tell you about these two chicks I saw kissing on the dance floor that night. And I was like, oh, back up. Back Rewind up. Like, it. Pause. Business. Yeah, like, this Pause. Other, he's like, no, let me tell you about these chicks. Like, no, no, no. I think we need to talk about this other thing first. Yeah. Right? His priorities so were, uh, you know. Yeah. And and we we talked over. And honestly, at this point, I have I just turned 21, maybe like a month before or something. I have next to no money. I'm still finish, trying to finish college or whatever, right? Sure. And, I end up going like on this two day bender of like going through every single number he has, every piece of information I could find about the business, putting in a bunch of Excel spreadsheets and eventually just saying, all right, he's not making near as much money as I think he could make. How do we make a deal to buy this business? Right. So ultimately bought a business with no money down and we just agreed to pay more than it's worth. And we just made monthly payments on it wow. the rest of the way, because the way I saw it is 
if I'm wrong and we fail, well, I still don't have anything today. And we had a clause where he just gets the business back. So like, what do I care? Like it's, it was literally a no yeah. risk opportunity for me. Seems and I got to the business good. and I ran it for 16 years. Dude, that is awesome. That is, yeah. I mean, that's a hell of a deal too. <laughs> Cause yeah, I tell people I've always been able to hustle and I've always been resourceful. Like yeah. those are my two benefits in life. Those are my skills, right? right? I, I'm a resourceful person. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. So yeah, I mean, obviously you you said you ran it for 16 years. When did uh, I assume that's in the past now, or when did when did that come yeah, to? Yeah. When did I you sold, set, sold it to another guy? Awesome. In uh, February of 2019, no 20. That's that would be wrong. February 2016, because okay. I decided I was just going to do something different, right? Like I I'd done it forever, literally most of my adult life at yeah. that point. Yeah. And decided, let me try something else. So I had reached out. There was an opportunity for me to do some very good stuff for Wizards of the Coast. So I went and worked for them for a couple of years. So I packed up, sold my business, moved to Renton, Washington, and went to work for them. Wow. So, yeah, that's that's when I decided to, like, all right, cool. It's time to go on and try something different, which is crazy because a bunch of people were like, how can you just sell a business and not try to get the most money for it? Remember, like, for me, it was more about I did my thing. I got some right. money out of it. I sold it at a decent price so somebody could afford it and still keep the community intact and do some good things. That's awesome. Like, it wasn't about the money at any stage of any of that. It was just a job because that's how I've always viewed it. Even though I was running a business, like it's how I put money on the table or food on the table, right? It's right. I'm still working. So I never really viewed it as like this big thing that I'm doing that I own a business. It was just like, yeah, it, it was a job. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I think it's, uh, you're def definitely seems like you're community focused. Um, oh, yeah, because always. you were, you know, willing to the person you ended up selling to, you know, you didn't try and squeeze them, like you said, <laughs> and you just wanted, yeah. wanted I, the community to be intact. Two other retailers that I know, because I'm still part of a retail, I guess you want to call it a retail board uh, for a community of the largest, largest community I know of, of game store retailers, actually, that still exists. Nice. And several of them were interested and I could have got more money, but it was like, eh, I, you know, the terms were either one way or the other. I didn't right. necessarily like or, you know, the things they wanted to change or I knew how they run their business and it wouldn't make sense locally. So I just I just made the decision that felt the best. Yeah. Went with your gut and yeah, paid and off. It worked out. Yeah. <laughs> so you said 2016, you, you sell the business. Yeah. Um, when did the whole like full time you want to really grind content creation you wanted to to be a thing that you wanted to strive for what, like what well, year was that about well the interesting thing is afterwards of the coast i went to work for card kingdom for a couple of years okay and i actually was release fired but you know they yeah. say released from your job or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah. they can put it nicely yeah but you know released from my job at card Kingdom, and it was partly there were several things in play but mostly restructuring and whatever and I'd already done most of what I could do for them anyway. Yeah. So I get it. Sure. But I had money saved up. I had a severance package, you know, whatever. I, I was treated pretty well. Nice. And ultimately, this was actually it was the week before Thanksgiving in 2019, which timing wasn't good. Ah, the good, but, the good old days, right? The, the before yeah, times. But I, I just started my podcast like a month before that, I think. And I just started streaming on Twitch maybe two or three weeks prior to that. Okay. So I was sitting around. I said, okay, I have this little bit of money saved up. I have some ideas. I knew some people had already done content creation. I knew companies in the industry that I could potentially work with for sponsorships or whatever. So I was like, 
Yeah. Is there a thing I could bring to the table that's different? Could I present stuff differently in a way that's interesting to people and still make a go of this? Yeah. So I told myself if I could do it for, I think I said like nine to 10 months. And in that amount of time, could I pay 75% of my bills by the end of that? If so, wow. I'll keep doing. And here we are. Achievement so it unlocked. Out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it worked out. Definitely. Definitely. Um, oh, man. So 2019, what a, what a time yeah. to to go full time, you know, obviously right before the pan. I mean, we it's the elephant in the room. The pandemic hits. Um, did that change anything for you fundamentally oh, or what, what change? I mean, okay, obviously well, a lot changed for everyone. And yeah, I, I don't want to uh, belittle the, the obviously no, the mass. No, okay. At this point, I think everybody knows yeah. how big the pandemic yeah. is. And I don't, if anybody <laughs> accuses you for downplaying it yeah. or whatever, like, oh, come on, right? We all know how big it is. Yeah. But for me, it was a matter of like, I'd already started reaching out to people that were doing stuff at conventions so I could do stuff on site. I'd already started talking to the connection of retailers I had because I was going to do some stories on like industry stuff. Mm. And like, let's spotlight some stores and like That's how awesome. people got started and talk about the industry that a lot of people don't know yeah. about. Right. Like the other there's side. always people asking, how do you start a store? How expensive is a thing really? Or why did this company make this decision or mm -hmm. whatever? Right. And I'm like, oh, well, I know people I could I could make. Yeah, this happen. you could do that. Yeah. So I started lining up dates. I was actually a step from about to start buying a bunch of plane tickets, actually, because I was already, okay, I already have this lined up. I know what I'm going to do. I started getting a bunch of info from people. I actually still have a box of business cards, and that's I've never been able to hand out, like, equipment I haven't used. Like, I was ready to go. And then, you know, late February, early March, it was like, no, we're just shutting everything down. Yep. Right? We're not going to have conventions. Right? Yep, nobody's Stores going anywhere. going to have their doors open, or we shouldn't be visiting people. And I was like, wow. Okay, well, this whole plan got blown up. So again, being resourceful, settled down for a couple of days, decided, okay, how am I going to pivot? How am I going to do this? And I decided, you know what? I'm going to be at home every day. I can't go out and do everything I want to do. So why don't I just focus on doing some daily YouTube videos and we'll still find ways to work in this content, but I'll use this as my time to explore until... Yeah. the pandemic passes now admittedly i didn't think we'd be going into year three year three still, uh, you know have issues but hey you know it, it was still working out okay yeah yeah i mean it seems like it has you know i think if you know working at home which is most most content creators work at home especially now but like even before the pandemic i think that's like the best best way to be right now um yeah yeah but yeah so so how so we know how you how did you get introduced into magic? We know how you got introduced into um, owning a game store, but like I assume it was long before. Like you had to have known what Magic the Gathering was yeah. before you started a game shop. It's been the of back things, been the backbone of game shops. <laughs> yeah, actually, we were on a field trip. I can actually tell. It was at Padre Staples Mall in Corpus Christi, Texas. Okay, we had stopped, and I don't remember what we stopped there for after the trip. But I walk into this. I guess it was just a hobby store because that's the other thing too. Like people who have grown up, you know, over the last 15, 20 years, just assume this idea of just like game stores are a thing. Yeah. Game stores aren't, weren't really a thing until about 18 years ago or so. Yeah. You know, like they were still new at that time, Yep. but you found like bookstores, you found, you know, like Walden books would sell D and D stuff or whatever. You'd go into a sports card or comic book place and they had some magic yep. or whatever it was. So picked up a deck and what's funny is I could have bought an actual 
unlimited deck, but <laughs> I had somebody else tell me, well, this Revise, because they had them on the shelf at the same time. Right. And I asked the guy what the difference was, and he says, oh, well, Revise has cards from like Arabian Nights and this other set and whatever. And I'm like, oh, well, that's obviously the one I want. Obviously you the know? better one. <laughs> <laughs> like, in hindsight, that was probably like, I don't know, who knows, probably like a $10,000 decision uh, or something. But, yeah. you know, that was also forever ago. But anyway, I pick it up. I'm on the bus on the way back. I'm reading through it. And realize, oh, well, crap, I, somebody else has to have another deck to play with or I can't really do anything uh, with it, right? So yep. I end up just putting it away. It goes into my drawer for a couple of days. And coincidentally, it was about maybe a week or two later, a friend of mine starts describing this game. And I'm like, man, that sounds familiar. And then I'm like, wait, is it called Magic? And he's like, yeah, how do you know? I'm like, oh, I have some of that at home. He's like, oh, cool. My brother just gave me some cards and taught me how to play or whatever. So yes. we eventually the next day get together and we played a bunch of magic with two really junky starter decks because right. that's all we had. Oh, yeah. You know, and that was kind of the start of everything for me. That's awesome. That is awesome. Did you guys, and I I think I might know the answer, but did you guys know the rules or did you guys just kind of, uh, you played? In the sense of like what everybody thought right. they knew the rules in the beginning. I, I, I try to tell people like if you haven't, had to live through that experience it was kind of amusing oh, yeah. you would go to like somebody else's play group or you'd go to an event in the next town over or whatever and somebody would have a rule that you're just like what a little bit different right? rules like, everywhere you go like <laughs> like, no, we feel like matter of fact i just shared a tiktok yesterday or youtube short telling people about the early days where if you had a rules question you either one went to the rec dot games board which are these old bulletin boards that people may not know what they are right that you were hoping somebody else already had the rules problem so you could just read about it mm -hmm. and have your answer. If not, you had to literally call long distance during business hours to Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> you know, to, to get, and they had people who would answer rules That's questions. That's awesome. That was the thing back in the day. Oh, my gosh. That is that is awesome. Um, I didn't even know that. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. You, um, you would be on a payphone during lunch at, in high school <laughs> like trying to get a, a question answered. Yeah. We would always, uh, our big thing was like, you know, like Llanowar Elves would tap and then you'd go find a forest out of your deck and put it on the battlefield. You know what's funny? I've heard multiple people say that was a thing for them and nobody in our groups ever had that oh, come wow. up. So it's kind of funny how like, <laughs> I, you're probably like the fourth or fifth person I've heard a similar story to and that never came up for us when we started. Like it's right. so amusing what different groups interpret. Yeah. And on some level it kind of becomes like that tribal knowledge thing, right? If the person that teaches you to play understands it to be a certain thing, well, then the next two or three people, because like you teach somebody and they teach them, you're all playing the same way that yeah. happens to be wrong. As, as long as you're all playing in the confines of the same rules. Yeah. And you're all having fun. <laughs> doesn't really matter, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody notices you're wrong. Yeah, exactly. My cousin Jeffrey's, uh, Elf deck was insane though, like because of that. <laughs> and then he'd like well, yeah, he'd like tap Well Wisher <laughs> and gain a million life every turn. And my Rorix Blade Wings trying to like crash in. Yeah, of course. It's just never gonna kill him because he's gaining seven life every turn. <laughs> yep. Oh man, um, yeah, those are the days, man. Um, <laughs> so you know you make your your full time, so you're essentially making content every single day. Um, you've got a podcast. What's the name of your podcast? Color of Magic. That's awesome. So what's that about? Uh, we The way we describe it is it's a magic and gaming podcast where we talk about all types of issues that affect people at and away from their gaming tables and computers. And instead of just talking about like, this is the deck that won this week, or here's the new game that just came out, 
we spend a lot of time talking about like you know we recently covered a lot of stuff with like the blizzard activision situation oh yeah right? because that was insane like that that is one of the weirdest and grossest yeah it's documents it's i've probably read for a, a business super right? unfortunate and just yeah like that right. was crazy right so we, we spent some time talking about that you know we talked about you know especially last year when all the protests and the george floyd stuff was going on and everybody was looking for representation oh, yeah. you know we were addressing like what different companies were doing and how the Republic response was to different messages. So we covered that. Mm -hmm. Like, this kind of depends on what's going on day to day. But we talk about a lot. You know, we, this week was like Microsoft buying Sony or uh, buying Activision Blizzard, yeah. right? So it's like, well, how is that going to affect things going forward for people who like different games, right? So yeah. we talked about that. Mike. So like, there's a bunch of different things that we covered. Just kind of depends on what's going on. That's awesome. Yeah, Microsoft essentially owns Hearthstone now. So, yeah, so that'll yeah. be interesting. You know, obviously that's arenas, at least they think it's a top competitor. I don't know. I think, Actually, with... you know, I can tell you from, from having spent some time working with wizards, like the reality is I think players view different companies as competition. Mm -hmm. But that's I fair. think if you were to ask somebody who sits at the top at Wizards of the Coast, whoever that's going to be now, because Chris Cox is now yeah, he's the CEO. one of the heads over at, at, Has at Hasbro, is they view themselves as trying to compete with entertainment, not particular games. Okay, right? The idea that, think about Friday Night Magic as an example, right? You can go to your local store on a Friday, or you can go to the movies. So yeah. how do we make this more enticing for you to want to go to your local game store and socialize, hang out, spend money, buy magic cards, whatever, instead of spending that $20 at the movie theater? Sure. Yeah, right? no, that makes They're not necessarily sense. worried about Hearthstone necessarily, because... One of the things I tried to describe to people recently, and this is kind of why I like doing the content I do, because I have like these different perspectives from the industry, is that people like to talk about, well, Arena should be like Runeterra, or Arena should be like Hearthstone, or whatever. But not understanding that even the scope of those businesses is different, right? When you look at something like Runeterra, like, it doesn't make all that much money for a company, I think they had only made something like 16 or 20 million in the first year and a half. Hmm. For a company that makes over, I think their number was 7 billion or some some really wow. ridiculous number. Drop in the bucket right? is what you're saying. Yeah. So it, it, <laughs> I, actually, no, that was that was Blizzard. I think they had done like 4 billion or something. Still, still a big number. A big number. But yeah. So it's like, but for Wizards that has finally just crossed 1 billion, and that's with all of their things at Wizards of the Coast, not just Magic. That's the board games, the D&D, &D, whatever, yeah. right? All their licensing and everything. You're working on a totally different scope and scale. So the way they're positioning each product and each company is completely different and they're targeting different audiences. So though to us as gamers, they look similar because they're digital card games. Right. You know, everything that Hearthstone, Arena and Runeterra are doing are all vastly different for different reasons. No, that makes sense. You know, uh, yeah, I mean, competing for eyeballs, competing, ultimately competing for time, right? And, yeah. and and dollars, which equals time. But yeah, well, I hadn't know, even I thought even about say, it that way. But that makes... well, if you even look at some of the things that Blizzard does or some of the things that uh, Riot does, some of that is to cross-pollinate and market their own products, right? When you look at the games Blizzard makes, it's, okay, how do, like, I have never really played a lot of, like, World of Warcraft or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But I know what a Murloc sounds like because I've played Hearthstone. Yeah, right? that, whatever that weird <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, right? So when you go into one of their other games or their environments or you find something neat, you're like, oh, well, maybe I could go play 
Warcraft and I can play this type of character or whatever, right? Yeah. So some of what they do is for marketing to their own thing so they can keep the money within their own ecosystem. Yeah, they all kind of just right? funnel in, kind of. Yeah, like, I quit playing League of Legends because I think the League of Legends community is awful, but <laughs> I was already attached enough to the characters and the style and everything else. I'm like, well, you know, let me check out Team Fight Tactics. So I still play that because I don't have to have those terrible interactions, but I still get to use all those same characters yeah. and stuff. So the branding makes sense, you know, so it's different things, different purposes for each product. Have Have you checked out uh, Arcane? I know. I have was, not. I, know, I have not. I, I've watched, like, and I've never been huge into league i picked it up played it a couple times come back to it every couple years super casual right (laughs) um but the show has been good i'm like four or five episodes in Um, i'm told that yeah yeah, it's it's pretty good and the art style is you know kind of it's it's good enough to it's kind of like cell shaded almost if you haven't seen that makes sense um but yeah i'm i'm cautiously optimistic about magic's show that's going to be on because i know it's going to get compared to arcane and arcane is, of course the, is. the reviews Cause, have cause been insane nerds, good. we can't help ourselves yeah so i hope <laughs> i hope for watsy's sake i hope for magic's sake that it's gonna be good because man after the fiasco that was the legends thing like the the i forget what it was called magic legends or whatever it was like diablo yeah. Like, they shut down the game after, like, three months or whatever. The problem, though, is, and I don't even know if the company ever said this or not, but it was more of just, like, I think, and myself included, I think as gamers, we were just expecting Diablo with a magic skin, Mm -hmm. right? Like, if you just gave us Diablo, you made it magic-themed, and all the monsters were monsters we knew in magic or whatever. And the art was right. (laughs) That was a big thing. Yeah, we'd have been fine. Right, but we didn't get that at all. We yeah. got a completely different thing with the weird combat system and yep. like a weird leveling system, and it just it just wasn't. And I don't even know if it was terrible. It just wasn't what everybody expected and wanted. Right. So it was doomed from the get go. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep, and it's a shame because I root. You know, I complain about magic a lot, but I ultimately want wizards to succeed. <laughs> because sure. it's I, I tell people all the time i gripe about twitch but twitch is one of the ogs that we're always pulling for like we want the oh, old yeah. guard to still do well the things we like and are familiar with we want to see those around in 15 20 years yeah no definitely it's yeah it's it's just difficult whenever they yeah i guess as as magic players we set such a high bar for the the ip that it's kind of almost hard to live up to expectations honestly <laughs> well i um, tell people all the time like fans are the best and the worst thing to happen to every product on the planet <laughs> you know they're they're the reason you're going to sell a bunch of stuff and then they're going to the reason you're going to feel miserable clocking in and looking at your email on monday right <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way it is absolutely um so speaking of like just creating content you know you're out here making daily videos vines or not vines tiktoks wow I just dated That's myself. Close I just dated myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, TikToks, YouTube, all the, all of the things, podcasts, everything. Do you have any like tips for creators that are maybe just starting out, or maybe even that they've been doing it for a while and just can't get over that hump? Or oh my gosh, do I? Uh, how right. long are you going to give me? Because I could go I mean, for like an hour. Let's <laughs> dig in, dig in, chat. I mean, honestly, I've actually even on the side started doing consulting for people on content because it's become a big enough thing. Yeah. But one of the first things I would tell people is 
just go make something. That's truly the first step is like, I think, and especially as Americans, more than anybody is like, we we're always told you have to be the best and you have to put your best self forward and you can't fail. And you can't, but right. the reality is whatever you put out today is going to look like crap or sound like crap compared to what you put out in six months. And then you're going to look at that a year from then. And you're there's stuff right now that I look at from two years ago and it doesn't even look like it was made by the same person. Yeah. You know, but you're talking about the difference of video one versus video 1000, right? They just look different. They sound better. Like I've gotten better microphones and mm -hmm. like, just, just go do it. You're because you're missing time to learn. You're missing time to grow. Like the longer you wait, the longer you're going to have before you can hit the success point, no matter how prepared you are, it's not going to be good enough anyway. Yeah. Just go do it. Right. That That's probably my first biggest piece of advice. The other is understand that everybody who works for themselves or wants to run a business or whatever, you have to carry a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. You're going to have to be a little bit egotistical, right? You have to like, and it sounds bad because we're constantly told you need to be humble and you need to do this, whatever, but you're going to have to be active in promoting yourself and putting yourself out yeah. there and working with other people and, you know, putting out opportunity letters or whatever. Like you're going to have to be doing stuff and be active to push forward. And the reality is if you're doing it, making content, running a business, whatever, you're only doing it because you either think you're going to be able to do it in a way that's different or offering something to some community that doesn't exist, or you're going to be able to do it better than somebody else. Right. If you don't believe those two things, then why are you doing it? Yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. But you can't think either of those ways and not have a little bit, at least a smidge of an ego, or why would you be doing it? Mm. And that's, a, it's counter intuitive to everything we've ever been told but i said look at all the people that are successful like they all will tell you like oh well i thought this wasn't being served right or i thought i could do this better than what was out there or i thought i could make this thing nobody ever talked about or right. whatever it's it's the way all those people got big and got successful so it's just do it the other is don't let cost hold you back yeah. one there are a bunch of affordable ways to start especially There's now because companies yeah. are going hard into the like streamer packages like you can for sure like not even elgato but like even other brands that are not as high-end as elgato make like a whole podcast you can get a whole podcast kit for like 150 bucks 200 yeah, bucks absolutely. like so and admittedly these may not be your tools you want to use forever sure but they're enough to get you started oh, yeah. and put out decent stuff but understand there's people that have million follower youtube channels that shoot the majority of their stuff from their cell phone yep Yep. <laughs> right? so no, for sure. You can find a, I can even tell people like there was a point where I had people ask me like, oh, did you get a new lighting setup? Whatever. You know what I had? I had literally $10 lamps that I bought at Target and I was using white dishcloths as diffusers on the lights. Oh, my God. Dude, <laughs> and that's I, clever, though. Did is I, which my other thing, research constantly. But I had research. OK, how does lighting work? What are some good perspectives to put the lights at? Whatever. And I was just using those. Mm -hmm. And then my backlight at one point was just a multicolor bulb that I got, you know, so two lamps and a bulb had cost me, I don't know, probably like $35 or something. Nice. And that's what I used. And people are like, oh, that looks so much better. That's amazing. Where'd you get your lights at? I was like, Target. Tar Target. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So yeah, there are ways to do it if you really want to do it. Yeah. But don't just assume you're just going to turn the camera on and people are going to show up no. or you're going to record something and they're going to go download it, right? There is a lot of work that's going to go into promotion mm -hmm. to accepting that like, hey, you might only be at five listeners or five viewers or whatever for your first six or seven videos. And then you get that 
eighth or that tenth one, and okay, now it's exciting. But like, you can't expect you're going to go from zero to a thousand no. in ten videos. Right. Nobody knows about you. Right. Like they don't. I mean, I like I said, even at that point when I started, I'd already had almost. Well, at that point, I did have about twenty years already into the game industry. But those are all people that had met me at events. They knew me from business stuff. You know, they'd been by my business shop or whatever. Nobody online knew who right. I was. These people so I, were people that you knew that were invested in you because they knew you were. Yeah. They knew you were a good person, and they wanted to invest in you, even if it's just watching. Yeah. You know, throwing your Twitch stream on in the background while they're finishing up a project for work or whatever. Exactly. And people that know you, great. But that's such a small audience right. compared to the huge pool of stuff online. Yeah. So. Which is funny because during the pandemic now, I'm in an opposite situation where now a lot of people know of me, but I've never met those people. Right. So, it, which has been amusing because I even went to my local store not long ago, one of my only visits during the pandemic, because I was just going to go give some stuff away to people. Nice. And I had a couple people that were newer there and they didn't know who I was, but some of the people I'd seen for like, oh, hey, how's it going? Because they hadn't seen me in a year and a half or whatever. Yeah. And these people were like, oh, who's that? And they're like, oh, he has a YouTube channel and whatever. And it was like, oh, yeah. And the other guy was like, yeah, I've watched his stuff and whatever. I'm like, cool. That's such a weird feeling when you're just like walking around and people right. know who you are. Right. And I'm like, I've never met these people. So, yeah, it's a whole different ballgame. It's going to be a different world once things open back up. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you're going to get recognized more and more once that starts, you know, once oh, the world sure. starts to go back to normal. Um, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah, I'm, I'm sure that that's kind of shocking, you know, people recognizing you and you're like, wait a second, who are you? When Like trying to recall when you met them or something. Oh, yeah. And it's like, yeah. Uh, I guess, yeah, I do a thing on the Internet now. <laughs> people know me. <laughs> yeah, man, like it's it, content creation is a whole different ball of wax than I think a lot of people believe it is. You know, like we were talking off the air, like if you think it's that easy, just ask yourself why everybody doesn't do it. Right. Whatever that job, whatever. Whatever it is. It doesn't, not even content whatever. creation, just. We were talking about basketball. Yeah. <laughs> like Exactly. Just anything. Think about it. if it's that easy, why don't more people do it? Mm-hmm. Right? Because everybody would want easy money. Oh, right? yeah. It does take work. Why do you see so many people walk away after they've already invested in a bunch of equipment yeah. and time, whatever? It's, you know, you know, the thing about podcasts, even I, when I first started doing podcasts, one of the first stats I saw was something absurd, like some 30,000 podcasts or something get started every year in the country, but most of them are done by like episode five. Mm. Right. So yeah. people are starting it out, they get into it and go like, Oh, I only got like ten downloads or whatever. And then they quit. Right. And yeah. Because they don't know what to expect. You gotta have realistic expectations and know that it's gonna take a while sometimes. Yeah. I think the very first podcast I ever uploaded got like three or four down like view- listens or downloads or whatever you want to call it. And I was like, Okay, next week we'll and then next week we got six and then the next five like it There you go. Do 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 and my big issue is burnout. Like that's my big issue because I've I've started and stopped podcasting and just content in general like so many times, and it's like I got to get over the hump somehow. <laughs> just personally you know, speaking, what's funny is I well for me personally here's an interesting fact I just thought about like I actually was part of the first Magic the Gathering podcast 15 years prior to me actually starting the new show that we did, which is kind of funny. What, what was the name uh, of that? Uh, the Mana Vault, I believe is what we called it. And actually, it was hosted on Brain Burst, which eventually became TCG Player. Oh, wow. That's how long ago it was. 
But one thing I would say about burnout that I think could help people is... I'm all ears. <laughs> think, of, think about ways you can present your content that still are related to your core message or niche or audience, but allow you to do something different. Like using myself as an example on my YouTube channel. Well, granted, I also have multiple YouTube channels. I have one where I was showcasing some outdoor stuff I had, and I have another one where I do reviews of products and things. That the review one's actually pretty new. I've only had that one up for a couple of months. But for my gaming channel, it's like, okay, if I'm going to put magic stuff up, I don't necessarily have to just play magic on the channel all the time. Yeah. Like occasionally, like tomorrow, as an example. So probably by the time you have this up, it'll be a couple of days ago. But yeah, I have a series I call Hidden Gems, where I talk about cards you probably already own that are worth money that you don't know about, right? right? Or products that you own that, you know, I'll talk about. I think this week's up or this episode I'm putting up is going to talk about different types of life counters that come with products that are worth money that yeah, you don't like know about. The spin downs. Yeah. 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 So some of those are big, big money. Talk about some of those things that are still magic and gaming related, but I'm not necessarily playing games. So I don't necessarily get burnt out right. from that. Right. Like I have a why series where occasionally I'll talk about, hey, here's a big topic that people don't know enough about. So I'm like, why did the card values go up so much during right. the pandemic? Right. And yeah, I saw that video. video. That was that. that was a great video. <laughs> yeah. So a bunch of different things like that. So I can keep doing related content that my audience still understands and appreciates. But I don't have to go through the burnout of going like, oh, I got to hop onto arena and I got to record something else today yeah. or whatever. Like if I just want to take the day off. Cool. Let me do something else today that I know this crowd is still like. And you can do that with everything. Right. If you're doing reviews, maybe you're doing phone apps or something for a little bit and you decide, hey, I got I want to buy a new piece a new camera for my recording let me talk about that and break that down or since you're already going to buy it anyway and you're obviously interested in it just record the unboxing of it yep. or whatever right find other ways to do what you're doing but introduce something else to it yeah no it makes sense so uh, stay in your niche but switch it up a bit yeah that's the biggest thing on youtube is niching down is super important yeah and i think that's what wrecks a lot of people that they start out wanting to just do variety and it's the, the thing you have to remember is that the systems, recommendation systems, or the algorithms, as people like to call it, but the recommendation systems are designed to give people more of what they want. So you stay on their platforms longer, you watch more ads, you buy more stuff, whatever. Yeah. If you're doing a large variety of things that don't have a constant through line, the system can't figure out where to align your product and who to send right. it to. So, and it's a combination of those systems figuring out both what the important things are of your content and what's in common so people are coming to it, but then also understanding what the viewers, each of them, are also enjoying or attached to, to right. want to come to your channel. So if you keep changing, then it's like, well, now there's a different audience coming to your thing or whatever. And it takes, now eventually it can work. But it's going to take longer because the systems need more and more data to find yeah. the right, for them, customer to watch your stuff. Sure. So when you niche down, it's a lot easier. Yep. No, that makes perfect That makes perfect sense, <laughs> especially on YouTube. And I've been grinding at YouTube for some time as well. So, um, but, yeah, so what are your goals for this year and just moving forward into, obviously, the year's just starting, so... That's always kind of a good question this time of the year is like, what are your goals for 2022 and beyond short-term and long-term? 
you know, I say right now, one of the toughest issues for me is I've built a lot of, like I've set up a lot of future opportunity, right? I have situations with like sponsors, some content I want to make for that. I have four or five other creators that literally, if I wanted to hop on a plane right now and go travel, like I could go do other content with them. That's awesome. So I, I would love for Omicron to just do whatever the hell it's going to do and get out of the way. You know? yeah. So I can open up those doors and really kind of explore that some more because I think there's a lot of opportunity there for me that I haven't really approached. Matter of fact, I already have an NDA signed with one of the convention series because I was looking and doing commentary and doing live stuff from their event and hosting stuff for them. But there may not even be events, yeah. you know, until if we're lucky, maybe midsummer, right? Yeah, so at the earliest. That may not even be happening. <laughs> So yeah, so for now, I'm really looking at uh, spending time building up my my newer channel, you know, my review channel, because over there I'm able to, re- I think my first video I did was reviewing 20 different brands of boxer briefs from okay. a silly discussion that started on Twitter. I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to do this. And then I just started a whole channel off of that. That's awesome. <laughs> but I received, like food stuff on there. Uh, I've got actually these cushions I'm testing right now that I'm sitting on. I'll be doing a review of those soon. Uh, but yeah, just doing some different things and kind of exploring what other contents out there taking other lessons i can and continuing to bring a different perspective and i guess different presentation to things in the gaming space particularly magic but hopefully i can bring some of that to other creators you know because one of the sad things and i basically just went hey guys i'm gonna have time this year some things aren't working out obviously because we're on hold so if you want me to do content with you hey yeah let me know whatever i have i have space available and you would be surprised the number of people that said like, oh, we should get together and play some games sometime. I'm like, okay, but we could do something more creative or right. better or interesting or talk about different topics or do a co-stream where we like critique each other or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but there's, so, and it's not just magic. I, gaming as a whole, I think you have a lot of people that, man, this is going to sound so awful, but just do lazy content, right? We, we do the thing that's the most obvious and yeah. then people wonder, why is my channel not growing? Why am I not getting more viewers? And it's like, well, because you're doing the same thing everybody else is doing. Like, an example is I got to work with uh, Tulare Community College and the professor. Over oh, yeah. He's got, I don't know, almost 600,000 followers or something over on, th- on YouTube. Pretty sure he has the largest Magic the Gathering focused channel, including he's Magic the Gathering them, sure. itself. He's like bigger than yeah, Magic. I think, like, I think it's like him and... Uh, game nights and there's like one other that are in that large number space yeah. not not very many yeah but even when i went to work with him first thing i did was okay we exchanged messages back and forth for about two weeks and said, okay here's some different ideas we can talk about here's some things i can bring to your audience that sure. are unique and make something interesting or whatever so because obviously like i'm gonna have more to gain from working with him than he is with right. me but it's like what am I bringing to the table to be something different and fun and interesting or whatever that his audience doesn't have right now? Sure. Right. Otherwise, what's his benefit of wanting to work with me? Unless he just, you know, and I, unless he just, you know, has an interest in you and. Yeah, it, that's cool, right? If know? that's the case. But I always tell people because I see a lot of people say, "Oh, I want to collaborate with more people. I want to do," but like, what's your value? Right. What do you bring to the table? Why should somebody work with you? Like, think about all those things. And then have a fun thing to do. Like you have a rare opportunity to work with somebody else that also has a busy schedule. Right. And your recommendation was we should play games against each other. Uh, I mean, sure. 
But I, I was honest. I said, cool. I will still do it. I think it's fun. I like playing games. Right. But I'm not going to prioritize that. So if something else comes up, like I will do that when I time is available. Sure. I will make time to do something different. Cool. Because I know there's more value in that. And it's it's harsh, but true. Again, I think it's that treat yeah. your content like a business sort of thing. Yeah, that that's always my struggle too, is like when I'm try when I'm looking to collab with people, you wanna at least, you know, for me, I want to work with people that are around the same level in terms of like sure. uh you know, how big we are, I guess, quote unquote, yeah, I'm, the, I'm, audience size. the audience size. Yes. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, cause I never want to seem like I'm trying to like clout grab or whatever the kids say. I can never remember the name yeah, of that. Clout chase. Cloud chase <laughs> yes. Um, so that's always like interesting to me. Um, you know, like when you, cause I put out a tweet, a tweet for those that don't know, I put out a tweet and was like, Hey, are there any creators in the gaming space that, uh, would either like to or know somebody that would like to come on the podcast and you just were were there and be like hey man what's up let's let's do this sure. i was like yeah. oh wow awesome so and and my audience isn't huge i mean you know i'm almost 16k on like youtube and yeah. i don't know maybe have like 5000 followers on twitter or something same thing on twitch so like i have yeah. a moderate size yeah. audience right but I don't have a problem working with people smaller or bigger. Right. You know, I always tell if you are going to work with somebody bigger, shoot your shot. Why not? Right. Worst they can say is no. Worst they can say is but no. But yeah. understand that the further apart you are, you have to come with more of a plan. Right. Right. Like, hey, I have this topic I want to talk about. Or, hey, I saw you mention this on your show. I'm in that field or I've done that before. We can talk about that or whatever. Right. right. And give them an opportunity and say, okay, cool. It's probably worth having you on. Right? Yeah. Let's do this. Otherwise, it's kind of like you're probably one of, I don't know, probably 50 messages they get in a week if somebody exactly. wants to Exactly. And you just get buried at the bottom of their DMs. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Um, yeah. And I mean, that's, I think that's why co- collaboration is so important. It's because it, it builds up the trust within the community. Like, because the community of magic is like this big. And then the community of content creators is much smaller. Oh yeah, um, way smaller. <laughs> and like you want to be known as somebody who's going to show up to people for people um going on their podcast and then like you know, it's a two-way street kind of thing. Yeah. So some of it too is legitimizing your brand, right? Yeah. If you're out there yeah. and you're working no, with for people sure. and people have seen you like when you get to the point of trying to get sponsors or maybe working with somebody at an event or whatever there's that, oh, yeah, I've worked with this person before. Oh, yeah, I've seen him doing content with these other people. Yeah. Or, yeah, he was at this other event or whatever it is, right? So there's already the recognition that goes with that and legitimizes you a little bit more other than somebody who sits at home, makes YouTube videos, they get 100 views, and you've got <laughs> 800 followers or whatever it is, right? Right. No, yeah, that's that's a huge part of it. Um, and I hadn't even thought of that. <laughs> um Cool. Uh, do you want? Yeah, when it comes to the business side of game industry stuff, I, I I'm in too deep. <laughs> oh man, you are a wealth of knowledge. Honestly, like it, it's you're 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 saying things that like I had. I'm gonna have to re-listen to this podcast just to like learn more. Um, I told you, not an exaggeration. I could literally do this for hours. Yeah, like, seriously. Yeah, yeah. That's so. When it comes to, I guess let's just keep going down the rabbit hole. Um, when yeah, it comes sure. to, like trying to get sponsorships or working with certain brands um is that kind of your mentality just shoot your shot 
or is there like any kind of strategy to it? Obviously there's a strategy, but like what is a strategy uh, that you've seen work versus, you know, there's a lot of things. Like, I guess I give like the short version of stuff, but <laughs> I would say first off, make it brands that you can honestly support, right? right? Like I don't ever want to be one of those people that promote something to my audience that I wouldn't. Yeah. Use, and like, right. I did a thing with, uh, into the AM that does clothing, right? Okay. We had reached out, went back and forth, and I told him, okay, cool. I'm not totally familiar with your brand. How about I order some things first? I'll try them on or whatever. Mm-hmm. And depending on how I feel, I'll come back and we'll do it, right? Sure. Stuff came in. I tried them out for a couple of days, put them through the wash. Everything was good. Cool. Let's do a thing, right? Yeah. So now when I'm putting this out here to my audience, I can say like, no, I've tried the clothes on. I wear them. They're sweet. You know, they feel good. You know, their quality. Feel good, look good, you know. (laughs) Yeah, so I don't have somebody come back and go like, dude, they sent me stuff and it was too small. And like I washed it once and it had holes in it. And Uh, and then that's your name. Yeah. Exactly. So that's the biggest thing to me. Like most recently, after I did the the boxer brief video, I reached out to the three brands. I reviewed the best because I'm like, well, I'm probably going to buy more of these anyway now that I know. Yeah. So let me just see. (laughs) Now, one of them did get back to me and said they were just pull up on content creator creators right now, whatever, but sure. I'm at least on the radar now for next round. Yeah. The other two I didn't hear back from. So are you, oh, well, too bad. So sad. Are you emailing them? Are you DMing them on Twitter or like what's that uh, process like? Actually? Okay. Me undies actually, because they have a very active Twitter account. I started out joking with them and then I sent them a thing. Yeah. So I, I use that as an opportunity to like build a little bit of a relationship and then like, Hey, let me send y'all a letter and you know, whatever. And let's try to get this started. But also, a good example is like Ultra Pros, one of my big sponsors, super good yeah. to me, you know, no complaints. When I sent my thing to Ultra Pro, as a matter of fact, I sent my request to Ultra Pro when I only had, I think I just crossed like 7,000 subscribers on YouTube at the time. Mm. And I was just like, look, here's my background. Here's what I'm wanting from a sponsor. Here's what I can do and provide. Here's my plan, you know, whatever. Laid it all out. Sure. And literally, as soon as I got a response back, they said, we never get this much info from anybody. You are you know, thorough, everybody sir. Basically, <laughs> everybody else basically says, well, I, I want money just to talk about your thing, you know, and right. here's what I want to get paid or whatever. And that's it. And it's like, yeah, but they don't know you. They don't know what right. you're, you're going to do for them, how much they should invest in you. Like. And it wasn't that big a deal to me. And I keep a media kit now so like I can update it every six weeks with like as my stats change or whatever. So I can attach that to yeah. the things I send out. But a matter of fact, I have uh, some eyeglasses here because I'm wearing contacts right now. These just came in earlier today. And I'll be doing a review video of those and they're going to pay me for them. And I literally just reached out to them. I was like, hey, I bought some of your glasses two years ago. I'm about to be buying some more. My content's grown a ton since I first reached out, right. you know, whatever. It's like. And they were like, cool, yeah, we're looking for some people. They have, like, some new blue light-blocking lenses. Oh, they can put in prescription nice. glasses that they want to have up. So I'm going to review those. They're going to pay me for them. They're reimbursing me for some glasses. And if it goes well, we'll make it a monthly thing. But if not, hey, I at least got a small bag for doing one review video. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, I uh, The only, like, sponsorship I've ever really done was with Card Hoarder. They, they, yeah. they uh, do – they give me a loan program so I can do magic online content. So that's kind of like how I, I basically just sent him an email and was like, Hey, I stream. This is how many followers I have. Um, I can shout you out every time I stream. And that's kind of how that happened. And they're like, here's an account. Uh, 
have fun. Just mention us once a stream and you're good. <laughs> yeah, so. and that works for both of y'all, right? Because you, yeah. you get access to all the cards now. Yep. And for them, it's basically low to no cost. Yeah. It's, so, you know, like, <laughs> to get some people sent to their site. So that's one that works out, right? Yeah. So, again, it kind of comes back to like we're saying, talking about to other creators is understand what you're offering, right? right. Have a plan. Like, even, even if you do a media kit that says, here are my numbers on TikTok or Twitch or whatever it is, include, like, I'm able to do these things. Right. I can do these. And I put everything like I can be a host. I can be a commentator, yeah. which I matter of fact, I'm commentating an event this weekend online. Like, can you share can what it is? Or? Uh, yeah, it's uh, a degenerate gaming group. It's a magic tournament that's being sponsored by Ultra Pro. Oh, awesome. Uh, being being run on magic online. So, yeah, fun. Yeah. But one of one of the things really like you're saying, just shoot your shot. Right. Don't be afraid. The biggest thing, though, know, and if you notice, except for Ultra Pro, the brands I've talked about are actually not gaming brands. Yeah. Right. And I did that purposely because one of my beliefs is that it's very easy as a gamer to want to go to any of the supply companies, right. go to Logitech or whatever. Right. Yeah. But each of, to me, I looked at that and said, each of those brands already has huge, huge creators they're following or sponsoring Massive. or whatever <laughs> in that space already. Right. I'll be honest. I don't know how Raid Shadow Legends pays everybody because that's Man. why I see their ads on every other person. I don't content. know. Like, they got I feel dumb money. Bad that I haven't got my piece of the Raid Shadow Legends. Money <laughs> <yet>. <laughs> but, right. But they're they're everywhere. I mean, I watch Google Foods, which is an insane food channel on YouTube, and he has Raid Shadow Legends sponsorships. <laughs> I don't even know why. So yeah, whatever. Some people will just spend the money, right? Yeah. But if I go to Logitech and say, "Look, I already use your mouse. <laughs> I use this thing," or Elgato, right? I like. I'm using their microphone. I use one of their cameras, whatever. Yeah. But they're already sponsoring huge stuff in that space. Right. So unless I'm also a really big account, what are my odds of yeah. being valuable to them? Yeah. If, or if you're not like of, ninja level. Yeah. <laughs> or, or one of my viewers buying something specifically through me or because of me on their brand, because they probably are already watching somebody else they're getting that from. Right. Yeah. But when I went to, you know, the boxer brief company or, or to, you know, paying glasses or whatever. I knew that there were no other gamers or if they were, I couldn't find them, you know, or yeah. especially no other magic players that are being sponsored by these people or working with these people. So that means when I make my proposal to them, I can say that clear, like, Hey, I've looked around, nobody's supporting your stuff in my genre. In my, yeah. In your niche. So yeah. I can get you access to a whole new market that you don't have access to. Absolutely. Now my reach isn't gigantic, but right. something's better than nothing. You oh, know, absolutely. Right? Yeah. So it opened up the door to have that conversation. And they were like, yeah, sure. And like I said, I have four new pairs of glasses sitting here and they're going to, when the video's done, they're going to send me a check and I might get a monthly deal. I don't know, maybe not, but I'll still take the short term. Right. Because I got free glasses and some money. <laughs> that sounds Yeah. Awesome, I actually right? just got new glasses too. So that's, that'd have been clutch. <laughs> and not to oversell them because even before, like I said, I've been using theirs for a couple of years, super cheap and still really amazing. Cause as anybody who's bought glasses, you know, even with insurance, sometimes you're still paying $150 oh, yeah. or so, whatever, which yeah. is insane. I ordered two years ago, got three pairs of glasses with the fresh shipping for, I think it was $108. Nice. No insurance. So that's why I'm a big fan of their stuff and their glasses are great. Yeah. No, that's awesome. But yeah, think about who you're sponsoring, why, long-term or short-term. You know, there's a bunch of different levels you can approach stuff at. Sometimes even say like, hey, maybe we just do a trial run. I do one video for you or you sponsor one event or whatever, and we'll see what you get out of it or whatever. Right. And if it works, 
great for everybody. Right. You know, because for me, a bunch of people do offer affiliate deals, right? And I and yeah. I'll be clear and say I have turned down several of them, mostly because I don't feel like I would actively push enough of each of the affiliates to make enough off of them. Right. Right. And I would rather not have 15 affiliate tags on my stuff as opposed to just having one or two actual sponsors and make what I'm going to make. Right. Right. Because unless I'm actively pushing my viewers or my audience to all of these things, I'm not, you know, especially if you're making three to 5% on everything, I'm just not going to make enough. Right. And I get it when you're smaller and you just want to establish like, Hey, I'm at least working with the brand sure. I'm making a little bit of money. Like it makes total sense. So I'm not going right. to tell people not to do it. But for me personally, I was fortunately in a position I didn't have to do that because I think we're also in a world where most of your audience is savvy enough to understand sponsorships and what's going on. And like, you don't look better because you have 10 affiliate tags on your stuff. Saying right. like, I work with all these people. Like, it's, it's not impressing anybody but you. Right. Right. So really think about how much I can make out of it. Now, if you have three or four affiliates and you're actively pushing people to those brands and you're mentioning them in every stream and maybe they're tagged in your YouTube videos or whatever. Maybe you do a post on Twitter once a month for them. Right. You'll probably get enough of a return that, okay, maybe it's not a big check, but maybe they're sending you 25 bucks a month or whatever. Yeah. Like, but if you have 10 of them, there's no way you're going to get yeah, it's, that would be That would be so exhausting. Yeah. Um, I've seen people that do it though. I mean, I've, I've seen people on Twitch that have, I swear I can watch for like three minutes and not see the same, logo come up on a little like banner oh, sure. wheel, you know so some people are willing to do it you know i'm i'm not one of those people yeah no i gotcha um cool yeah i mean we've definitely talked i think pretty extensively about not only your background but you're not only background in content but your background in magic um you've definitely shared a bunch of tips and tricks and your background in content creation in general um all good stuff i mean your perspective is super unique because of how long you've been in the gaming space not only as a content creator but also as you owned your own store like that's super unique you've worked with brands even before it was cool to work with brands yeah <laughs> um so this has been extremely insightful i hope for the listeners uh definitely for me um do you have anything else you want to add on here at the end of the pod before we do all the social media stuff <laughs> uh don't have anything else i want to add and i will say this actually from the, and mostly because this is something that's come up recently because there's been a bunch of surveys out and whatever about just the lack of diversity in the game industry yeah. and a lot of the surveys are based around like the board game industry you know one of the things i want to say to people is like to help diversity be open about directly inviting people into your space yeah that's like the best thing you can do not just like hey you're welcome here, but like specifically, it's, we yeah. want you here. Not, you're it's right. a safe it's space. Right. It's like, no, yeah, like you are coming with me and we're going to build a thing or make a thing or collab yeah, on a Because I was trying to describe to people, you know, uh, a story. Matter of fact, I think I posted this on TikTok earlier this afternoon was a story from early in the industry where I first went to Gamma, which is a big industry trade show. Yeah. And oh, yeah. This is maybe when I was like 24, I think, maybe around that time. And I'm walking around and I'm one, I think I'm the only black person there at the time, maybe one of wow. two. And everybody's being addressed like, well, what's, what's the name of your store? Where's your store at? Blah, blah, whatever. But when I'm introducing my people, it's who do you work for? Right? Because it's so uncommon 
Yeah. They oh didn't my. even process the fact they're like, I'm one of the owners that they're like everybody else. Yeah. Right. And we're still kind of at that point where there's just not a lot of that extra representation. I told people, and it comes in a lot of ways, right? Whether you look at board game covers that have no diverse backgrounds on, or games that I jokingly say don't even have like the token token character. <laughs> oh, right. You don't even have that. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I said, that's the stuff you kind of have to actively change. And, and, you know, we're seeing little signs of it and things are changing. But, yeah, it's funny because people are like, how did this happen? I'm like, dude, it's been this way for 20 years. This isn't yeah. new. We just haven't made steps forward. That's all. <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, that's – damn, that's a good point. You know, because it seems like based on companies, companies would love to sell us on the fact that everything's diverse now and everything's in – you know, all for one, one for all, but in the real world, it's, it's definitely not like oh, sure. we got, I tell people look around and see we, how many black people you see in charge of things in the yeah. game industry, like very little. Right. And even in content creation, like how many outside of like maybe fighting games, I don't know that many genres where you see a lot of black people even doing content. Right. Yeah. There, there were people that still think it's political if you talk about it or bring it up. No, it's and, it's not at all. I, I definitely don't think so. Yeah, and one of the funny things is I tell people, that's actually one of the reasons I present my gameplay videos and my content the way I do. They open and close with me being full screen, right? Purposely so people get used to having a conversation with a black person in the game industry speaking from a position of expertise. Yeah. Right. And that's actually very purposeful. And, and people, yeah. and it's funny because I think it's it important. With a lot it's of important too. They didn't know why. Right. And it's, right. it's like, it's something I knew when I brought in. And one of those things I said, right, how can I do something different? How can I make something stand out from the way people present content? Right. And I looked and said, well, everybody's basically opening their videos with like them in the corner of the screen right. talking about a thing they're going to play or showing their deck or whatever. And it's just like, well, what if I just did a full screen opening and closing and like had a real conversation with people? Right. And even for that one minute, it really changes people's perspective. And it was a big deal. Oh, yeah. No, that's definitely very important and definitely something gamers need to get better with. Oh, for sure. Because I, you know, there's, I mean, I'm sure you know Magic Twitter is a cesspool almost every week. But sometimes, sometimes there are good points that are brought up. And that's definitely one. I will say not nearly as bad as many other games. Still bad. Really? Just gaming as a whole has problems, right. but not as bad as a lot of other games that I, I encounter. <laughs> yeah. Boy, do I have some stories. <laughs> I would. I don't know if some of them are even safe to air. That Yeah, I was going to say that might be a mm -hmm. conversation for a different podcast or another for night. Sure. Um, for sure. <laughs> so if you want to tell folks where you're at, where they can find you on the internet, and where they can follow you and subscribe to you, Go for it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You can find me just about everywhere at Power Dragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N. And literally, I think everywhere, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, gaming, Twitch. <laughs> like nice. We have a podcast called Color of Magic. You can download it just about everywhere. Uh, we're hosted on Podbean, though, if you want to check it out there. And if not, you, can, you need a reminder, you can go to linktree.com slash Power Dragon where I have stuff up. Or come follow me because I'm a good follow on Twitter. I have all kinds of stuff i follow yeah. and i'm interested in and talk about over there oh yeah very eclectic follow for sure um so thank you everybody for listening for uh twitch chat for hanging out watching i appreciate you all um again this is power dragon daquan watson uh he's full-time streamer and i think that it was 
uh, real important for my listeners to just hear his not only his story but his journey through I mean God 20 plus years in the gaming industry and now he's he's doing the damn thing as a content creator it's just it's awesome Daquan thank you for your time I appreciate you coming on and this has been I mean you're you have such a interesting take on the gaming because you have so much time in the industry so I appreciate that I try, you know, if I, if I have the knowledge, it's good to at least be able to share it. Like holding on to all of it doesn't do right. anything. Like a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, in terms of my socials and everything, you can go check me out on Twitter at Les Alex, twitch.tv slash Les Alex, and YouTube, Les Alex. And then if you uh, enjoyed the podcast, you can find it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Make sure to rate it with a five-star review. If you didn't like it, I don't know why you're still listening, but you can DM me on Twitter and tell me that the podcast sucks because don't give me a four star or one star. That's Jabron. Oh, don't worry. That's... I don't suck. That'll help you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you want to go above and beyond, check me out on patreon.com slash less Alex. I appreciate everyone who's uh, been rocking with me through the whole change and everything. Oh, look, J.O. Uh, followed on YouTube and Twitch. Love how many new cool creators... I assume he's talking to you, <laughs> but um, yeah, shout out J.O. here at the end of the pod. Thanks for awesome. joining us. Um, but yeah, thank you everybody. You're all amazing. Uh, be kind to one another. And until next time, catch you on the flippy flop. Bye.